What's up and welcome to Sweathead with Mark Pollard. Today I have Adriana Mihailova, who's founder of Impact Agency in Sofia, Bulgaria. And today we're, we're going to do a little bit of a workshop because Adriana's been working with a few people, a new brand and comm strategy for the city of Sofia, Bulgaria. And in the next few minutes, as in in the rest of this episode, we're going to see if we can come up with, I want to be aggressive. I want to go for at least three, I'll call them directions three different strategies, either competing with the ones that you've done just for a little bit of fun or maybe building on the ones that you've done. Adriana, welcome to Sweathead. Uh, hi, Mark. Thank you for having me here. Pleasure, pleasure. I'm visiting Sophia very soon, May 18, for DigiTalk, which is a massive conference that happens there. And then the following day, I'm doing a masterclass. It'll be about three to four hours, a half day in Sophia. You can get tickets for DigiTalk at the DigiTalk website. You can get tickets for the masterclass in Bulgaria, where I'll run through the four points and all my favorite go-to techniques from the Sweathead website, sweathead.com. Adriana, what's your experience of this conference, DigiTalk? Actually, it's the best uh, conference in the region for the marketing professionals for years now. And uh, we are really happy and excited to have you here, Mark. We expect a lot from the speakers and the agenda of the event. And it's uh, really a huge networking event for the region. So not only Bulgaria, but a lot of the neighboring countries come here. So it started originally as a advertising and uh, marketing event, but now it's uh, has its evolution as a digital conference and uh, has a lot of uh, startup and uh, all that topic. So it gathers a really, really good crowd. So not everybody's an expert at geography these days, Adriana. Which countries are some of the neighbors of Bulgaria, just so people who are not familiar with the region can try to picture it? As we already mentioned in our communication strategy, for Sofia as a tourist destination, we are the most uh, exotic uh, destination of uh, Europe. Besides, we are the poorest country in Europe, actually. We have an uh, interesting destination because we are at the edge. And our neighboring countries are Romania on the north, Greece. We are very lucky to have Greece on our si south side. And we also have uh, Serbia and Macedonia. And the Black Sea, the lovely, beautiful Black Sea sea coast on the eastern part of our country. We're close to Russia and not uh, the best place on earth right now, but yeah. It is what it is. I've been going down some rabbit holes on YouTube, looking at some videos about Sofia. A lot of people have been traveling there and exploring it and, and sharing it. And I have to admit that when I travel or when I'm going to a new country for the first time, I get excited and then immediately embarrassed that I don't know enough about it. And then I dig into the history of it and I'm like, oh my God, a lot of the countries you mentioned, I mean, they were really important in big empires over the years. And then I'm like, why don't I hear about them as much? Obviously, there was a thing called the curtain, which existed for a little while. But one of my favorite things about coming is that I, I need to work out how to work into what I'm doing, something about the Bulgarian split squat. And I don't know if all Bulgarians know about this because in our preparation meeting, some of the people I've been talking to don't know what it is. I have to indulge. Okay, a Bulgarian split squat is essentially, well, the way that most people would do it is you're holding some kind of weights in your hands. This is in the gym. You're in the gym. You're holding weights in your hands. And I would probably put one of my feet back behind me and then up on a bench or something. And then you're squatting on one leg. It is so painful. It makes me cry all the time. And I find it's interesting that that is something that Bulgaria has exported, a one-legged squat that makes people cry, at least in their souls. Have you ever 
Bulgarian split squat? Not maybe because I'm not such a huge uh, gym fan. But uh, we have something uh, very interesting uh, when you see it when you come to Sofia. It's uh, very uh, popular in the city center of Sofia. It's called the Clack Shops. We call it Clack Shops because you have to knee. They are actually, we have it for 30 years now, right after the fall of the Iron Curtain and uh, the start of the... Um, capitalism in Bulgaria, uh, we have this uh, capitalist spirit that was so wild in the beginning 30 years ago that uh, everyone was uh, developing uh, whatever they can use to sell something in their own property. And we transformed our basements into shops. And we have these very small shops and uh, ground level of the street, then you have to need to buy something, a beer or a cigarettes or something like that. It's, it's very typical for Bulgaria, actually, and for Sofia. Yeah, and that is the origin story of the Bulgarian split squat. People are squatting down to get into these stores. Yeah, people knew what, yes. <laughs> You've been working on a strategy, right, for Sofia, the city as a brand, for a couple of years now. Tell us a little bit about the journey and then what is the brand strategy for Sophia going to be? It's a long journey for us. We've put the basis, but we are not uh, already there. It started a few years ago for me as a communication expert when I was invited to take part in a huge process called Vision Sophia 2050. And uh, with a multidisciplinary team, we joined our forces to coordinate uh, a very important and uh, including process to build uh, and to create the long-term strategy for development of the city. This project was worked in with the municipality, with the city administration, but uh, we were hired as an external experts to coordinate it. And we somehow we managed to include in the process a lot of citizens, a lot of uh, businesses, a lot of uh, multi different multi stakeholders, all the NGOs, all the business uh, and uh, the universities and the science area and that's how we came up we worked on this uh, strategy maybe for two years because we analyzed a lot of data for Sofia. not long enough adriana not long enough i refuse to accept strategy unless it's been worked on for five years i think two years is too short it was the long-term strategy for Sofia, vision Sofia 2015 now it's at the ground rules for building our brand strategy and now we have the main pillars and the main uh, key message that we want to include in this brand strategy. We are preparing our process to build the next steps to come up with a contest for the visual identity of the country, etc. etc. This Vision Sofia 2050, it's uh, not only for tourism or for the economy, but it's also for the Sofia as a place for work, to grow, to learn and to live. It's dedicated to build the image among all target groups, including citizens, and the most important among them is the citizens, because when we think about the brand of Sofia, it has to be something that is uh, truly perceived by the citizens themselves. What are the key messages? Or is there one key message with supporting messages? Like, essentially what I'm asking is, like, what's the brand strategy in a sentence or in a word? Or Maybe the key message that we were looking for was that a lot of people like you, Mark, uh, don't know what is Sofia until they decide to come and visit. That's why we focused on this unexpected part of our brand element. 
we think of Sofia as a European capital that is uh, secure and it is perceived as a secure destination, not only by the citizens, but also from the visitors. For sure, it's welcoming because uh, part of our mentality and it's always perceived like this by our visitors. But that's why we've built this basis for the development of our strategy that uh, Sofia is the Europe's excitingly unusual destination because it's actually situated on the edge of Europe. It's close to Turkey, it's close to the Russia and to all the rest of empires. It's on the eastern edge of Europe, but it's in the European Union. It's uh, easy to get to. Actually, it's cheaper than most of the European capitals. And uh, that's why a lot of European tourists prefer to go here and to come here. It's easy to get to and uh, we have uh, cheap flights to go to Sofia from Europe. So the biggest part of our tourists today are coming from this uh, segment. Of course, we want to change this and to have more international tourists coming from different destinations and uh, spending more time and more money in Sofia, of course. That's the most important and typical thing about our city that we are at the edge, not only in terms of geography, but also in terms of history, because uh, Sofia was always a uh, crossroad from different uh, historical perspectives. We were part of the Roman Empire, of the Turkish Empire, of the Byzantine Empire, and we have really ancient history. We were part also of the communist empire, and now we are part of European Union. So it's dynamic over here, and we uh, the history changes a lot and it changes in a totally different uh, perspective most of the times. So we have this multi-layering in our city and maybe it's the most uh, typical and most important thing about the city that we have this multi-layering of uh, different historical styles, architectural styles, etc., etc. And uh, you see it when you come here with your own eyes and you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so the edge of Europe, is that the strategy? Is that what you're going to be communicating? We want to communicate and to show this that you can feel when you come here that uh, Sofia is authentically European capital with the uh, ancient history which can be seen in the center of the city. But it's also excitingly unusual because it's uh, the edge of the Eastern world and it has this mixture of cultures and uh, it was also always throughout the years it was also proud with its uh, tolerance between different religions and different uh, cultures. What I want to do, so, you know, I'm using you to show coming strategists how to mine an interview, okay? So this is really about me. I'm joking, I'm joking, okay? But what I'm doing is I'm writing down the things that you're saying, I'm letting you speak, and then I'm just trying to pull out things that I think have a theme in them that could live in a really, really big way. Obviously, the edge of Europe, that's pretty interesting, you know? Why come to Sofia? Well, it's the edge of Europe and you've given us a lot of the support points for that. So originally my goal was to come up or to land on three little strategies. I'm going to take that as one and I have a few others already from what you said. I want to run us through a workshop, but I think maybe we need to come up with five. Okay, so I'm going to bank that as number one and forgive me if it's really obvious and everybody in Sofia knows this and and these words are everywhere, but I'm like the edge of Europe is pretty pretty interesting as a, I'll call it a concept, but I think that could sit as a single minor proposition on a creative brief, come to Sofia and see the edge of Europe or put your feet on the edge of Europe or something like that. All right. So that's number one. The second one, obviously the word crossroads connects to that. 
I'm not exactly sure what to do with it right now, but just as I'm working, I'm going to write down the word crossroads. That could be a thing that could be very central. You know, you were looking for art direction. You have a design brief out there. So I could see visuals and all kinds of stuff that have something to do with crossroads. Very obvious. You've been in this very deeply for a long time. So there might be too obvious. The layering thing is pretty interesting. What I find interesting there is not only is the city layered, but obviously when the weather's not great, you need to wear layers. And so my head's like, how do we reconcile how people layer themselves to how the city has layered itself? So there's something there. And then the fourth one that I wanted to throw in, because I had a chat with the guys from the other half the other day, and they were talking about how apparently in Bulgaria, everyone's really good at seeing what's wrong with things. Is this true? Yeah, we are popular with our pessimism. <laughs> you're good at pessimism. Now, you know, if you're good at seeing what's wrong with things, maybe this is a silly flippant thought. I'm like, is it a strategy? Is it an idea? Is it an advertising idea? It doesn't matter, right? But a thought or a direction, which is like, visit Sophia and experience how negatively we see our own country and then go back home and love your own country more. That's very long. But there's something funny about it for me. I don't think I'd really persist with it, but there's a funny little tension in there, right? So we've got four directions there. We've got the edge of Europe, something to do with crossroads, something to do with layering and something to do with pessimism so you can feel good about your own home. I wanted to give a shout out that I feel like the smaller countries, the smaller cities, they often can do the best advertising because they get out of their way. Destination marketing can be unnecessarily political, parochial, and nationalistic, and you're often getting budget approvals from extremely conservative people and bureaucracies, and you've got to please everybody. The work that Iceland has been doing over the years is awesome. Is it Lithuania or Slovenia that talks about being the G-spot of Europe? It's one of those. Sorry for mixing them up. Australia, I think, is very good at destination marketing. I have a bias there, but then there's also research that suggests they are. But I feel like if you're a smaller place, you have to be really provocative, not serious. I've worked with Euro News. We talked a little bit about that, but a lot of governments buy advertising on channels like CNN and probably maybe Fox, but Euro News. A lot of the ads are very propagandistic and they all kind of blend into each other. And what happens? Well, nothing. Nothing happens. No one pays attention to that kind of advertising. All right. So I'm going to run us through some exercises to do with the four points. That's my own little framework that I like to use personally. And we're going to start with before we go into the four points, the audience, who are we selling Sophia to? Just quickly, don't overthink this. You've Curse of abundance, you're going to have too much information. Who are we selling this to? We are selling this to younger Europeans who are willing to spend the weekend here and maybe some Americans who are willing to spend some more time. Let's start with the problem. What I'm looking for here are the barriers or the obstacles in their minds. If they find out about Sophia, let's get awareness off the table. Let's assume they find out about it and Bulgaria. What are three to five of the main reasons that they would not go to Sophia? The most important reason is that they don't know anything about it and they won't come up with this idea at all, <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's not so easy to get there from different continents. For sure, it's not so easy to get there. But when you're traveling through Europe, it's really easy. And maybe it's not such a popular part of the world that we don't have some common marketing approach and marketing efforts together with uh, neighboring countries or whatever. Maybe if you come from different continent, from the States or from Asia, you have to combine it with something else. And it's not the most popular part besides Greece. 
yeah, maybe you don't know what you can do here. You are not very familiar with uh, the propositions. What, uh, where is it? What season is? What's the weather like? And what's the nature like? And yeah. Because we're sort of circling this thought, it's just unknown. It's an unknown entity, right? So when I'm working on a brief, if something's unknown, I resist it because very easily we start to land on goals like increase awareness and we, we sort of start to use this very cliche marketing language. However, I think for Bulgaria, it's just so unknown. It's like, what is that? You know, Sophia, okay, so maybe we can play with that a little bit. Yeah, that's why I decided to focus on this unexpected part because you don't know, but this can be exciting and serious. And it's interesting, a lot of adventurous people, so the younger audience, yeah. I'm going to dig into this. And again, whenever you say that I've done this before or I did this, I'm just going to keep going because when I run actual workshops with people, if they spend too much time thinking about something they've already done, I'm like, you're slowing us down. It's baggage. I get it. You're amazing. I get it. You're am- it's not what you were doing, but like, I get it. You're amazing. Let's move on. Let's generate, generate, generate. And uh, I guess as I get older, I get ruder. Okay. So let's use the word unknown and we'll dig into the, the problem behind the problem. I'm going to ask you why in a few ways, a few times. So how can we describe the way in which Sophia is unknown? I need something more provocative to start with. Like in what way is it unknown? It's just entirely unknown? Maybe it's unknown in terms of uh, symbols. I think that uh, this is the lack of uh, typically acclaimed symbols when you think about Paris or Amsterdam or whatever you think about uh, some concrete picture and concrete uh, landmark that you can imagine. For example, the coffee shops or Amsterdam or whatever, this experience that you can attend there. But when you think about Sofia, nothing comes up because the most uh, famous uh, sites uh, in the cities are actually the churches according to most of the tourists who visit Sofia. It's not the most interesting part because we have really beautiful churches, but it's not so exciting and it's not something that you can remember. No visual symbol. I want to pick on that. So again, for the upcoming strategists, listen for words and I'll try to focus on a word and then I'll try to write it in a way that's a little different. Now I'm going to use a cliche, but essentially I can't even picture Sophia. I'm going to use the word picture. I can't even picture Sophia. You could just reverse that. You probably could have a campaign that's about, that's called Picture It. Now I don't think it's specific enough to Sophia just yet, but you could run a whole campaign that's just about Picture It in which Sophia for many, many years, it just tries to export pictures of itself. I don't know what else to do with that as an idea, but immediately from a problem statement there's a little campaign in there okay but i want to dig into the problem why is it a problem if people can't picture sophia they really don't know what to expect and is it good or bad or does it is it worth it (laughs) maybe if they don't know what to expect why is that a problem maybe because uh, there are no symbols that are widely known and uh, you cannot imagine what to expect i don't know this is a problem yeah Here's the thing. Sometimes when you get stuck like this, what I want to do is burst into the psychology of what's going on because there's an irony here. There's a bit of a tension. Maybe I use those words incorrectly sometimes or interchangeably when they shouldn't be. But there's an irony here. I want to go somewhere I've never been before, but I want to know what it looks like. That's a bit ironic, isn't it? Maybe. I'm just writing this down. I'm going to say it again. I want to go somewhere I've never been before, but I want to know what it looks like before going right is that a bit strange 
Yes, it's a little bit strange. You are not going to certain destination if you can picture it exactly the way you will see it when you go there. Maybe it's it's more exciting if you explore something really new or something brand new and unexpected. Yeah. Let's linger on this a little bit. We're sort of in the problem and insight part of the four points, which is problem insight about people, advantage about the brand, and then the strategy statement, P-I-E. A-S. I don't know where we're netting out just now. This is what happens when you work really quickly, but it's totally fine. I want to go somewhere I've never been before, but I want to know what it looks like before going. I mean, I'm imagining all these shops selling the different cities of the world and you can do like window shopping and go, oh, look, there's Paris. And you sort of have seen everything before you've gone. There's something about that. The idea that you want to see everything before you go. Isn't it like that with the virtual reality? So <laughs> maybe that's the future. You'll have all the all these shops in the virtual reality and you won't be so curious to go there. Totally. But I think it's also nice, you know, to think about what are we going to pick a battle? Are we going to pick a fight? And I think there's a fight to be fought, which fits with all the thinking that I think you've already done, which is like picking a fight with this thought. You want to see everything about where you're going before you go. It's like, oh yeah, I, I do. A lot of people do, right? They disappear into rabbit holes. Yeah. I do it. When I go to a certain destination, I water research and uh, explore and put everything on my Google Maps list and uh, I know a lot before visiting Kenya. Yeah, why? Because I prefer to be prepared and not to miss anything. Last month I was in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo, and it was very important for me not to miss the most beautiful because you have to see a lot and you have limited time and it's better to be prepared and organized not to miss anything. So what's Sophia's argument back to that? I know you use the word unexpected, but... If their instinct is, I need to know everything about Sophia before I go. I need to see it. I almost need to visit it before I visit it. How do you talk back to that? Maybe we have to address. That's why we managed to attract this kind of tourists that are coming here only to spend a long weekend and to drink beer with their friends. And actually, these are the backpackers, the kind of European tourists that uh, invest not so many when they come to the city. They don't spend a lot here. And our goal, strategic goal, is to attract tourists who are spending more, who are staying a little bit longer and who are going to more expensive uh, experiences, etc. Et Maybe we have to offer more and to help them picture more experiences when they are planning in advance, because otherwise we manage to attract uh, these tourists who don't plan a lot and uh, only want to relax and have fun and don't have this strict agenda to plan in advance. That did come up from memory that came up in a few of the videos I was watching a few weeks ago. Like, is there enough to see? Which is the question I think this researching behavior tries to answer. If I'm going to go there, if I'm going to spend all this money, is there enough to do? Is there enough to see? I've got this long statement of the problem that I would shorten and then I want to play with it. I don't know if this is going to get anywhere good, but I feel like there's this problem I'm just going to say the words. People are thinking this. I need to visit Sophia before I visit Sophia, but there's not much to visit before I go. That's a bit of a, a riddle, right? But that sort of articulates some of the behavior and we could shorten that into saying something like, there's not much to see before I go. I don't know if there's enough to see. 
I'm not sure. Is any of this sticking with you as like a provocative problem statement? I think this is the exact description of the problem that we have because we are not uh, really ahead with our marketing strategy and marketing uh, communication for our destination. So there is really not a lot to see before you come. We don't have uh, good uh, content about Sofia in social media or whatever. Of course, we have popular destinations uh, in TripAdvisor and the most common tourist apps and social media, but it's not a product of uh, strategic communication and strategic marketing approach. The information somehow managed to get there and somehow was uh, rated by the tourists uh, with the highest rating possible on TripAdvisor, for example, but it's not everything that we can offer and show and uh, for the target customers to imagine it in upfront and to visit it before they decide to come. So, you know, I'm just finding other repeating words you've come up with and finding other, just trying to find new ways into something you've talked about a lot. But I think for the strategist, I'm trying to get to the shape or the skeleton of a creative brief. What we're hearing, what we just heard there is if there's not a lot to see before I go or there's not much to visit before I visit, little cheekier, then, okay, well, you got to look at the product. There's a product issue. There needs to be more stuff to see. And then that stuff needs to be more seeable. And then we get to brand type of stuff. So I want to play with this. Let's see if there's an insight. And I know we're hovering around things you've already thought about. So there's not much to visit before I visit. I want to stick with that. It's a bit weird. I did have an immediate solution to this, which is it's more of a tagline, but like Sophia, come before it's everywhere, right? Because what you're saying is we're on the way up. And as we go on the, as we go up our city, our images, our pictures, they're going to be all over the internet, all over the place in the next decade or two or up to 2050. Right. And I think there's something interesting about like come before it's everywhere, because one of the things that happens, let's call this a cultural insight. If we're going to jump into the four C's structure, consumer truth, cultural truth, category truth, or competitive truth and company truth. But one of the cultural truths right now is like the bigger a place comes, the more you see it everywhere and maybe in your own city. So Korean culture becomes big. K-Town pops up in a lot of major cities. It's kind of, you see it everywhere, right? So I think that's slightly interesting. Come to Sofia before Sofia is everywhere. Come before it's everywhere could be interesting. Let's stick with the, there's not much to visit before I visit. And I make no promises about whether this is going to be any good. So I'm looking here for an insight and I want the insight to stick on this theme. There's not much to visit before I visit. I'll give you some joining language, but here's the good thing about dot, dot, dot. Okay. So we have, there's not much to visit before I visit, but here's the good thing about there not being much to visit before I visit. What is it? We come back to this unexpected part that, uh, you have the opportunity to discover it for the first time when you visit. So it's different kind of experience. You're letting yourself to be surprised. And uh, right now, it's something that's uh, worth trying because we don't really have the problem with uh, the product. You talked earlier about the product. I really think that we have a beautiful and uh, very exciting product here and we can offer a lot, but uh, it's problem with the presentation for the moment. It's not with the product. So, yeah. <laughs> So the inside, I want to focus on the people. I felt we talked a little bit there more about, we're talking for Sophia. We were arguing for Sophia. So there's not much to visit before I visit. But here's the thing about, I want to stick with the visit word, but here's the thing about visiting somewhere you've already visited. It feels like deja vu. That's one. So like visiting somewhere you've already 
visited, and I know there's air quotes around the word visit and visited here, which I would never use air quotes in a brief because it's like, well, what are you actually saying? But I'm playing. Visiting somewhere you've already visited feels like deja vu. Yeah. You take the edge off it, right? You take the edge off the... You have to discover it, not visit it. That starts to get into like a strategy. Discover it, don't visit it. Okay. Can you think of anything else? So we want to focus on the people. Visiting somewhere you've already visited before feels like deja vu. It takes the edge off the actual trip. Maybe one more. Explore or uh, be part of or... Uh... It's a cliche in the tourism sector when you uh, say dive in it, but uh, something like this. You have to learn a little bit in person to learn when you come here, not up front. Okay, so we've got this problem. There's not much to visit before I visit. Insight, visiting somewhere I've already visited can feel like deja vu. In brackets, it takes the edge off. And now what's the advantage of going to Sofia then? How do we throw Sofia into this? You've already said some words that we'll use, but I, I want to stick with the, the visit or deja vu. The exfoliation and the experience that you might have when you visit something for the very first time before you actually visited it, before you visit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's see if we can use first time in this. So I'm looking for a statement here. So something to do with Sofia visiting it for the first time. It's kind of interesting to, you know, if you were to do a big global campaign and basically try to take on everybody to point out the behavior that a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to visit a place before they go. Sophia, you can't really do that yet because it's not big on the internet yet. <laughs> when you come, it's actually the first time. So, okay, advantage, when you visit Sophia, it'll actually be your first time visiting Sofia. I know my language is a bit weird and tricky right now, but this is how my head works. So I'm going to write the advantage statement as when you visit Sofia, it will be for the first time. Okay. Yeah, we can offer this. <laughs> I know that I'm writing a little bit in, like in a riddle. I've got a riddle going on here, but I can see the campaign. It's like, no, when you come to Sofia, you won't have spent any time here or it won't have spent any time in your head just yet. It's probably not a 20-year strategy because eventually Sofia will be everywhere, but it could be fun for a couple of years of a campaign. Then strategy structure, strategy statement, will show that X is Y. So we'll show that visiting Sofia is Y. You know, you could position it for people who don't need to know everything about everywhere before they go. Can you think of any, like a strategy statement, show that X is Y, show that visiting Sophia is or will, some kind of verb there? Maybe because you learn more when you visit it. These are the people who want to know more about every destination and every place they visit and dig a little bit deeper. So they have the chance to get known to Sofia and its history and its culture and its architecture and everything as soon as they visit it. There is no other way. <laughs> yeah, and the best way to learn this is in person. So maybe this is a strategy statement or a single-minded proposition or it's just a brain fart, I don't know. But there's this thought that popped into my head about like, save it for when you get here. Yeah. I don't mind it as well. And what it does is it, it takes a word. So a word like unexpected, I would expect a word like that to be on a lot of different marketing briefs. And it's hard because you need to break it down into like short, for me at least in English, like short, sharp words, different meaning and bury back into a more provocative insight that connects to the theme or the territory or the direction of come to Sophia. You'll have an unexpected time. 
but I feel like this can work a little hard. I don't know if we've cracked it in a really clean way. My next step would be to go and write something up, spend an hour or two just writing a page and see if I can make more sense of this. But I think there's this message around like, I don't know what it is, but save it for when you get here, right? Yeah, I like it. And then what you're doing is you're positioning, and I think you have to in the short term anyway, I think you would have to if you were bold, position Bulgaria or Sofia for people who don't need to know everything about everywhere before they go. Yeah. So what I want to do very quickly is I want to go through all of my little notes here because to me, there are quite a few different directions. Some of them would need more writing, okay? So one, the edge of Europe. Does Bulgaria or does Sofia use that phrase at all in a big way, the edge of Europe? No, maybe when we are talking seriously about our geopolitical state or politics or whatever, yes, but not in our marketing positioning at all. So I always get nervous when I see a nice phrase like that and I'm like, oh, I bet people have been using that for 50 years. It's probably cliche. If it's not cliche, I feel like that's something quite powerful, right? I don't know where it fits in a framework, but I think it's quite powerful. And you can really feel it when you're here because it's it's maybe the most important insight about our country. You can feel this mixture of uh, everything and it's uh, like a patchwork. It's the visual identity of the city is is like this, that uh, you see that it's on the edge of, uh, between the different uh, historical roots of Europe, the different influences. That feels pretty massive. I feel like it's one of those phrases that if you had 10 Recently known YouTubers, I'm talking about people who might get, let's say, 200,000 views to a million views on a video. If you had 10 of them in a year using that phrase, you know, I've come to Bulgaria, I've come to Sofia, to the edge of Europe, I think it would start to pick up a little bit of momentum. Crossroads is something to play with, but it's not as exciting. Like, I'm excited about the edge of Europe. I'm also excited about that layering thought that you said the cities have layered uh, so much history there. So obviously there's a lot of layering in the ground and then how people layer. I'm not sure exactly what to do with that. There's a question in my head about could that connect somehow to the edge of Europe? Because at edges you can often see layers. Yeah, it's uh, connected with the eclectic mix of cultures and styles and uh, buildings and architecture and history layers that can be easily seen in the center of the city. I've not participated in this, but I'm going to be a little rude and I hope it's okay. And I'm really just thinking about a response campaign to the G-Spot. The G-Spot campaign, sorry, was that Lithuania? Slovenia. I think it's Lithuania. Now, if you were to be rude back, block your ears, Adriana, block your ears. Apparently, in the world of sexual activity, there's a thing called edging. I don't know what it is, but apparently you get close (laughs) to something and then you have to back off and and it's a whole thing that people have a fetish in or with. I have no idea about any of this stuff. I accidentally read about it one time very briefly. You could do a cheeky, you know, sexually loaded campaign back to or with. Maybe it's a partnership. Go to the G-spot and come and get edged in... uh, in Sofia. I know you won't do that. You don't have to respond to that, by the way. I hope you don't get in trouble for me being uh, cheeky and rude. It's an interesting concept, but uh, yeah, I prefer not to use it in our marketing. But don't worry, don't worry. No official response from you. It's totally fine. There is something a little flippant and slightly interesting, but in a much smaller way compared to the edge of Europe with the other thing we talked about, about the pessimism. It's really an important cultural issue for Bulgaria and uh, it's a typical one. So, yeah, it's an interesting topic to explore. Yeah, there's at least two ways to cut that. One is come here, hear us complain about our country, which I know you're selling. I'm not saying it's bad, but like come here and hear us complain about our country. Go back feeling good about yourselves. 
Or the other one is, well, when we are complaining about our thing, you can help us understand how good it is. That'd be a weird campaign. Come to Sophia and tell us how good it is or argue back with us. Again, I'm not landing it, but I can almost see it. And when I'm writing a creative brief or whatever, I'm like, okay, what I now need to do, as I said before, is go away and write that out. So I think there's about four directions there. Now I'm going to keep going. I think you could just on a creative brief have a single minor proposition, which is this for people who don't need to know everything about everywhere before they go, right? Yeah, it's a specific target group. <laughs> it is. And maybe that's the target group you would want to focus on in the first couple of years. Granted, once the brand has more momentum, you then, according to all the research, you want to appeal to as many people as possible, as often as possible. But Maybe in the short term, there's just a little cheeky thing where you do focus very specifically on a barrier or a piece of psychology, hoping that you can really connect with it and therefore sell more, right? Versus being very broad without a lot of resources and not reaching enough people in a very powerful way. So for people who don't need to know everything about everywhere before they go, I don't mind that. And then connected to that is this sentence I wrote down, come to Sophia before Sophia is everywhere. Connected. This is really strong and I like it very much, yes. You mentioned this phrase, discover it, don't visit it. That's probably some language you've played with before. I think there's something there. I'm struggling with the word discover because it's such a travel. Yeah, it's very overused. There's a tension there. Discover it, don't visit it. And then the final one, about eight now, save it for when you get here. Save, I don't know what the it is yet. We need a good noun there because the word excitement is not it. And the way that I would play with that is go back into an insight. Surprised. <laughs> I don't know. It could be that. Yeah. Save your trip for when you take your trip. That's basically what that other set of thinking was about. Problem, there's not much to visit before I visit. And what we're looking at there is this behavior, a lot of people where they want to see everything before they travel. And that's part of the trip. But also for some people that when you then go there, it's less exciting because you take the gloss and excitement off it just a little bit. Make it for real. Visiting somewhere you've already visited can feel like deja vu. It can take the edge off. Advantage, when you visit Sofia, it will really be for the first time because there's not a lot of stuff online yet. So you won't be able to explore the whole country before you actually step foot in the country. This whole campaign would riff off like you can't explore the whole country before you step a foot in the country. You can't visit the country before you visit the country. You can't see the country before you're in the country. We're just riffing off these little tensions here. And then, I don't know, a strategy statement will show that Sophia is a place that you can save your trip for when you take the trip. There's something there, right? You can save the experience for when you take the trip. Yeah. I'm trying to repeat words like visit, visit, trip, trip to find some kind of, I don't know, is it a paradox, attention, try to force new meaning. I don't know, is any of that newish and interesting to you? I spent years working on this. What's interesting to you out of that? Your strategic point of perspective was really, really enriching because you know when you know the advantages and the problems and the negative and the positive side of our city, it's really hard to distance and to see it from the outside. So it was really, really beautiful and different for me, but I really like save it for when you get there part because uh, it's uh, the best for the moment that we are really at right now and uh, the tell us how good it is part because it really communicates to our cultural identity and our everything that we are critical about ourselves so next steps i think i'm going to try to get a little bit of time just to type these up into something that's a little bit more understandable i don't know if any of them are really going to make sense no one has to use them but what i'll do is i'll post them to instagram 
and share them with everybody in Sophia and people can beat them. That's the goal. I like sharing this kind of thinking. First of all, I like doing it and I like doing it with other people. I like doing it with other people in public. But also it's just fun. And the goal is like, come up with something better. Like, I'm not going to share this stuff. We're not going to share this stuff saying we're the best in the world. It's like, come up with something better. You can do better probably. Adriana, what are the next steps? So there's going to be a design competition. Is that correct? And I like the picture it part as well, because when you can't picture it, uh, it's a good challenge to everyone we are talking about to ask them when you think about Sophia, what are you picturing? So I like this um, call to action a lot. And about the tech steps, uh, it's a strange political situation over here because we have the regional elections. Uh, we are in a constant uh, crisis of uh, political crisis in our country. We have uh, parliamentary elections for the fifth time in the last second year. So every public process is moving very, very slowly. But we have this uh, long-term strategy, Vision Sofia, with the most important insights and messages of our city and uh, our long-term development uh, strategy goals. And we have this communication strategy as uh, for Sofia as tourist destination. So the next step is uh, the competition for brand identity of the city. And I hope we will be able to organize it right after the next elections. The elections are in October, so maybe in the beginning of next year. But we are moving really, really slowly in this process, but we are moving in the right direction, I think so. Very cool. This kind of works hard and, you know, shout outs and big hugs to everybody in the country. I'm sure that you'll move forward and creative people in countries are capable of affecting a lot of change. Not always, but they can. And maybe you want to do needs to start off in a grassroots way, just with a few little you know, icons, lo logos and music and all that sort of stuff. And it can grow. If you're in the region or even nearby in the region and you want to come visit us at the edge of Europe, DigiTalk is happening on May 18 in Sofia, Bulgaria. It looks like a serious crowd. Have I got to wear a suit? Because I don't own a suit. Adriana? I don't think you have to wear a suit. You will look a little bit stranger if you wear a suit. There are a lot of communication and startup guys. And uh, I think it will be actually your crowd. I'm doing a talk there. It's a 20-ish, 18 to 25 minute talk. I'm trying to get a kiddies pool on the stage to bring to life this thing that I want to talk about, which is talking about how some brands are in the shallow end of the pool and I want them to be in the deep end of the pool. And I'll explain that and potentially run someone through some live exercises. And then on Friday, May 19, I'm doing a three to four hour masterclass in Sofia, Bulgaria. Tickets are available for that on Sweathead. Definitely at a, we're pricing it for the region. Okay. Trying to. Very excited. Adriana Mihailova, if people want to find you on the internet, where's the best place to look? Facebook or LinkedIn. All right. Well, good luck with this work. And I look forward to meeting you all in Sofia, Bulgaria in a few weeks' time. Yes, we're expecting you. Happy to meet you and to welcome you in the edge of Europe, Mark. Going to be fun. I'm looking forward to going to the edge of Europe. Thank you very much. I'll, uh, I'll see you there. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sweathead. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend, subscribe to our newsletter, find us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Sweathead. And if you're interested in finding out about our strategy memberships, company training or books, visit sweathead.com. Whoop, whoop.